If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. On January 2nd, 2000, Zeb Quinn clocked out of work and shortly thereafter stopped at a gas station. From there, he was never seen again. Today, we'll tell the bizarre story of Zeb's disappearance and take a look at the possible suspects involved, including friends, loved ones, and even estranged family. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. No cheating scandal episode to kick off the new year, but stick around. We've got a pretty crazy whodunit on tap for you tonight. This is Necronomapod. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about Zeb and wonder where he is. It's a loss without closure, with plenty of clues, but no resolution. Wonder what he would be doing now if he was still with us. Zeb's mother, Denise Blahakis, has only pictures and memories of a son with a bright future, working at Walmart on Hendersonville Road. He left there on the night of January 2nd, 2000, was last seen at a sit-go convenience store on Long Shoals Road around 9.30 p.m. His light blue Mazda showed up two weeks later at Little Pig's Barbecue, lips painted on the rear window in lipstick. His mother has some hope he could have been kidnapped and is still alive. So happy uh, three-year anniversary, fellas. Time flies, huh? Who'd have thunk? Who'd have thunk? Not I. I didn't have us getting out of February 2019. <laughs> I took the under. You certainly did. Here we are. Yep. Three years later. Still at it. It has flown by. It, it, I mean, it really does feel like it was just, you know, yesterday we were sitting in Ian's basement, you know, not knowing what the fuck we're doing. And three years later, we're in Dave's basement, not knowing what the fuck we're That's doing. That's true, but apparently people <laughs> like it. <laughs> Yeah, it is hard to believe three years. How Doug, many shows are we up to? Uh, like 176. Wow. And that includes some, because we used to give away bonus shows for free yeah. back in the day. Before we became sellouts, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it was back when we were indie rock. Yeah, we were right. cool then. 
What, what did you say? 176? We're going to do something fun for 200 when we get there? I think so. Yeah. I think he said something good planned for 200 for a while now. You've probably said it and I just forgot, but. Yeah, I don't know if I said it out loud or not. Right, if I've well, just been thinking it. We'll keep it under wraps because <laughs> we don't, uh, you know, in case you change your mind. You are you are known for changing the schedule this every now and then. And if you say something, then people are going to hold you to it. And then you're like, fuck. Unfortunately, it can't be the Ted Bundy episode because we did that exhaustive 20 minute show on Patreon last year. How could anyone else ever cover it again? Can't outdo it. Probably the finest uh, work we've ever done. (laughs) Close to it, Mike. Close to it. It was released on uh, April 1st of last year, I think. April 1st episode. Okay. Go check it out if you're a patron. Well worth it. It's worth all your entire monthly subscription price for that one episode. Hands down. It's a crowd favorite. So I don't know. Here we are. We uh, are going to do another three years. Hopefully. And we'll see. This is the first uh, new year. The last two years, we've done a vote for the first topic of the year. But after the voting scandal of 2021, we decided we'll just pick something fun. And I think, Ian, you saw this on like a TikTok like this, the story. Yeah. I had never heard of this before I was browsing TikTok one night and an account that I follow that just has like these short little creepy descriptions of stuff. One night, um, like every night. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's my nightly routine. <laughs> but, he was just less high this night and was able to remember and send it to us <laughs> or, or not so high that he couldn't move his thumb to like text it to us. <laughs> so yeah, that that's where I found this. I had never, uh, I'd never heard of this before. I vaguely recall like seeing this on one of those, you know, mystery shows or whatnot, but yeah. So I know we don't do a lot of these. Um, I really enjoy these topics. And I mean, you have to be careful with these and and sensitive with them because there's still a lot of people, you know, around and, you know, people involved with this story, which is why we don't often do a lot of these, but I like the stories. And I think I've talked about this before where there's, there's a lot to kind of like dive into and discuss and debate. Uh, I find those interesting. I think the last time we did one was that Lauren Spryer episode, right? Wasn't that like yeah. the last missing person one that we did? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I enjoy these kind, but I like these too. And I, I think that we've uh, we've shown that we can do a serious topic that we can. I'll try chill out <laughs> when we need to. And I don't think we need to do these all the time, but no. you know, every now and then, I think it's it's nice just to mix it up and throw one in. So. And people seem to enjoy them. So I think this will be a good one to kick off the year with. I have a horror movie idea. Write this down for later. A podcast does shows about missing people, but they ran out of ideas. So they start kidnapping and murdering their patrons so they can do shows about them (laughs) as the missing person. This motherfucker doesn't know what K-Fade is. (laughs) Jesus. Just popped in my head. Good horror film. There goes our plan. Don't steal that idea. All right. Well, I was going to get us content, but not anymore. (laughs) I disguise it as cucks across America, <laughs> but I come back with heads. <laughs> Lots of it. Let's dive in. Zeb Quinn was born on May 12th, 1981. And at the time of his disappearance, he was 18 years old and living in Asheville, North Carolina. Zeb was really close with his mother, Denise Valakis and his sister, Brandy. Both Zeb and Brandy lived with Denise, and from all accounts, his father was not involved in their lives. And actually, just the whole father side in general was estranged from Zeb. Have you guys ever been to Asheville? 
No. I think we've talked about this on the show recently. That's a really neat time. I heard it's gorgeous. Yeah. I would love to go there. Biltmore Breweries and Battlestar Galactica. Well, maybe not that, but Biltmore and Breweries are pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I thought you were saying Biltmore Brewery. The Biltmore's there. Gotcha. And there's breweries there. And I threw in the Battlestar Galactica because oh. I needed an extra B. That's where I also got confused. I was like, Wait, did they like <laughs> Battlestar Galactica there? <laughs> Bootmore's Brewery, Battlestar Galactica, all in Asheville. Right. I think that's one of my top five cities to visit. It's pretty neat. Yeah, yeah I'd like to go there. All right, my bomb joke's over. Go ahead, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> Zeb struggled with a learning disorder. It's never said exactly what he was diagnosed with or if he even was diagnosed, but it sounds almost like Asperger's syndrome. Do you get that from eating ass? Like a, as a burger, Asperger. <laughs> I think so. Like if they're not washed. I, th- I think it, do- it doesn't even have to it could be. Even if it's clean, clean. you can I get that. So. Okay. Probably. Right. You got to be careful with those Asperger's. <laughs> you never know what you're going to bite into, Mike. <laughs> you never know what's down there between the cheeks, between the buns, if you will, <laughs> of an Asperger. <laughs> Might be cheese. Might not be any cheese. <laughs> Ian, don't say anything. Just let him keep going. Let's see where he goes with all this. Buns, so, butts, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> the new shirt. We're just going to put everything and then just Battlestar Galactica at the end. So he was never officially diagnosed with anything. No, his mom just says that he had a learning disorder. He was very socially awkward and didn't have any real friends outside of his mom and his sister. He was a part of the ROTC program, which he loved, and he worked in the electronics department for Walmart, which he really liked his job at Walmart. And um, he spent more time at Walmart than he did at home. Those electronics guys at Walmart usually seem to be enjoying themselves. Like, really? you ever noticed? I don't know. Seemed like it enthusiastic I don't step back in there walmart often no i used to work in electronics for walmart was it fun yeah yeah like they seem like they're having a good time back there always chatty and so that's yeah. like is that like the cool click of the walmart employees like you want to be in electronics at least in the store that i worked for you see i'm talking about no i'd be the hot foods guy eating all that chicken that i said was so good a few episodes ago <laughs> like why have you gained 400 pounds the hot foods bomb scoop for you two scoops for me it does smell good right when you walk in. I, I'm telling you, you got to try it. The boneless <laughs> wings are really good. It's emphatic on the Walmart gourmet don't, stuff. Don't sleep on those Walmart hot foods. If you're going to go to a Walmart, you might as well treat yourself and go to their hot food stand. All right. The mac and cheese looks really good, too, but I've never had it. Did they have hot foods back when you worked there? Like, yeah. Did you ever try it or not really? No. I feel like. See, he was one of the cool kids. They brought their own brown bag lunches. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really eat lunch. I just went outside and smoked a bunch of cigarettes on my lunch break. Do some weeds? No. I came in and sold some big screen TVs. <laughs> I did not do. This one's like fifty five inch plasma, man. I will say at Walmart though. Uh, speaking of TVs and buying TVs from Walmart, they have like those big. Um, racks where they store stuff in the back room. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they'll have TVs like all the way up there. In the top, I've seen TVs fall from that, hit off the ground, and then just be sold. So, oh shit, that doesn't seem very smart to put TVs that high. <laughs> I don't in know general. if they still like, do it, but 
You get like a fucking Michael Scott back there driving a forklift. Right. <laughs> He's knocking everything over. Yeah, I've seen TVs take a, a big fall and then still be sold. So. Like, fuck it. Put it on the floor. <laughs> 30% off sale. <laughs> Look out. Fine. From Walmart. Jeez. Well, good for you. You put on a happy face. <laughs> put on a happy face for those people. <laughs> we said a minute ago that Zeb didn't have many people in his life besides his mom and his sister. But he did have a friend he hung out with sometimes named Robert, who went by the name Jason Owens. Jason used to work for Walmart, and the two of them would play pool together sometimes. At this point in time, Zeb had started a new romantic relationship as well. The night in question we're going to be talking about was January 2nd, 2000. But at some point in the beginning of December 1999, Seb went to a Christmas party and met a woman named Misty Taylor. He's probably kissing her under the Misty Toe tree. <laughs> I, I was going to say that uh, he and Misty Taylor sounds like the name of a, a female apartment wrestler from back in the day. <laughs> that does sound very possible. Ian tonight just uh, off air was telling us he just discovered what apartment wrestling is. And I'm very uh, creeped out by the whole idea. Yeah. yeah I don't want, there's something hey, about hey, it. Don't I don't you like kink shame. Don't kink shame. I'm not. Eh. <laughs> He's like, eh, a little bit of shaming. <laughs> it seems very odd. This is where we need to like break into his house and stage a match. So what's going on while he comes home <laughs> one night in his living room. Hey, pal, you're probably not going to hate it. <laughs> Apartment wrestling is uh, back in, I, I mean, I guess it's still around, but in the old wrestling magazine days, it would, they would have like little photo shoots of like two women in like bikinis wrestling around in like an apartment and, you know, just to try to sell the magazine to guys, you know, if you didn't want to see oil, but men and speedos, you know, wrestling each other. And uh, Ian was listening to a wrestling podcast today and heard about apartment wrestling and Misty Taylor seems like she'd be the world champion of uh, <laughs> apartment wrestling. I just don't like the, the she gets you in that leg lock. It's you. That's toast. Ball yeah. I don't like the idea of these like the small apartment that's it's supposed to be grimy, you know, like how Bruce was talking about, like but the, like, could, the lower aren't end there porns that are just like in houses and apartments. Like how is this any know. different? Really? I'm not familiar with the porn shoots, Mike. What is porn? What is that? Never Word heard of me. Never heard of her. <laughs> uh, so I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I get know. what you're saying. I'm sure there it's, probably scuzzy people in all aspects of that adult film and entertainment. Like I just picture the dudes that are behind apartment wrestling would be very slimy. You picture Ron Jeremy in your head. Yeah. Well, I don't think it helps the fact that like you think of just like wrestling fans in general. And then this you're like, so true. now it's the class <laughs> that are going to, you know, pay and, and, and get their rocks off to, you know, just two women rolling around. But WWE did ha all that stuff. They had their brawn panty matches and their eggnog matches and gravy bowl matches. Yeah, but not in some it like just, fucking. So it makes a difference when there's no crowd and it's like in well, an apartment. Yeah. I mean, like a rundown apartment. Are they run down? The ones Bruce was talking about were like sounded super fucking sketchy. Hmm. Hey, location, location, location. Right. Makes all no, I difference. just feel like they're, you know. He's preying on the different socioeconomic classes and who's doing apartment <laughs> wrestling. I, you know, I'm sure there's some apartment wrestling and some very fine, uh, yeah. you know, wealthy and elaborate apartments. That's the kind I want to go to. You want to go to those ones? Yeah. 
Well, they have drinks. Let's set one up. Cool down media apartment wrestling. We'll have a sushi bar. Now you're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, what do you think of the wrestling? Oh, there's wrestling? He's got a a mouthful of sushi. His hands just covered. If you have sushi trays, I'll go to apartment dick-sucking competitions where a bunch of Rod Jeremy's are in a circle sucking their own cocks in the apartment. As long as I get all those sushi I can eat. I think Ramos. Dave eats sushi, and we'll just send him the different various events, and he just eats sushi while he's there. Uh, I'll go anywhere. Free sushi. Are you guys sucking your own dicks? Where's the sushi? I heard talk of a sushi bar. <laughs> so anyways. It's not the kind of spicy mayo I asked for, pal. <laughs> Back off. Misty Taylor, world champion, apartment wrestler. Uh, she had a boyfriend that she lived with named Wesley Smith and had a daughter. It's not clear if her daughter or Wesley's the dad or not, but Zeb moved forward with their relationship. The two of them would talk constantly on the phone and Zeb had borrowed his mom's vehicle that had more room so he could take Misty and her daughter out for the day. Like this relationship was moving really fast. It's also reported that Zeb showed up unannounced at Misty's house and Wesley was home, which caused an obvious issue that it sounded like she was able to cover up for. He's trying to cuck her boyfriend at his own place. Mike, you've probably lots of experience with that. Does that usually go over well with the boyfriend? Uh, actually, I was going to say my first thought, Dave, was the uh, that opening scene of Californication where he's, right. he's banging that chick out and her boyfriend comes home and the guy comes right. after him. Best pilot episode ever. Doesn't he say something like he's, he's like, hey, hey, buddy, the the little man in the boat, he's he's located <laughs> up here, and he shows him like with his fingers, and then just peels out as the guy like hits his car with a bat. <laughs> so great. Fourteen people understand what we're talking about listening right now. <laughs> Californication's fantastic show. Might be about Go time watch. to rewatch the series for yeah. the fifteenth time. <laughs> it might be. It's been a couple years for me now. Anyways. What is known for sure is that at the end of December, Misty told Zeb that Wesley had found out about their relationship. It's not clear where that left Zeb and Misty, and all of this is coming from Zeb's mom. Like Zeb was keeping her in the loop on what was going on, and Denise kept telling him to stop and to not see Misty anymore. This is not a good idea. Mom might have been right. Seems like it. Potentially. It's just a toxic situation. You don't need to be a part of that. On January 2nd, 2000, Zeb clocked out of his job at Walmart and Jason Owens was waiting for him by the electronics counter. The two of them had made plans to drive to Leicester, North Carolina to look at a car. Zeb had been driving a Mazda Protégé, but was interested in a Mitsubishi Eclipse that was for sale. My first thought when reading this was, that uh, any dealership was going to be closed by nine o'clock. But the way that this is reported is that Zeb just wanted to look at the car and not have to deal with any salesman, just check out the car. And it sounds like, or it sounded like that had something to do with that potential Asperger's syndrome, Mm. social awkwardness. It was it a lot then. Yeah, it seemed like it may be like a used car thing where he could just walk up, walk onto it. Yeah, because my first thought about this whole thing that unfolds is does he potentially have the cash in his pocket to purchase this car on this night in question? I was kind of wondering that too. And I didn't see anything about if there was actual, if he had money on him or what, what a motive would be. Okay. I had a Mitsubishi Eclipse. 
I know this. I remember it had like a six CD changer in the trunk. I felt bad. I was judging people that had Mitsubishi <laughs> eclipses back in the day. We were Those talking about tiny stu- little cars too. Yeah, I don't, it was ridiculous. I don't know why I bought it. It was a stick. I remember, five speed. It was fun to drive, but I remember being in the back seat, like sitting in one, like it was like claustrophobic. Yeah, it's tiny back there. Yeah, something not great. I was an imbecile. I'm not sure why. <laughs> what that car. Wait, you had your little CD changer in the back. That was cool. High tech for the day. You don't see those much anymore. That was like back in high school. All like the really really cool people had Mitsubishi Eclipses and the um, and a Razor cell phone. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but fuck them. You were the electronics guy at Walmart. This is true. That's, you had them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking buying those razors from you. <laughs> also, on January second, two thousand, I was just grateful that Y two K didn't end the world because that was the talk also of that. the whole nineteen ninety nine year was Y two K. The world was going to explode. I specifically remember I was watching Nightmare on Elm Street three. Yeah, that night. Yeah, and I was just wondering. I'm like, oh shit, it's the world going to end or what's going on? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Watch this movie. <laughs> This is a movie I want to be watching when it all ends. Is that the Dream Warriors one? Yeah. <laughs> so for geography purposes, Leicester's about 20 miles uh, outside of Asheville. Okay. I know some listeners are geographically challenged. I'm just trying to paint a picture of what we're, what we're working with here. We're fine there. Just don't ask them time zones. <laughs> Zeb and Jason left Walmart in separate cars, which I kind of think is a little odd to begin with. And very, yeah. And the two of them were seen on surveillance cameras going into a Sicko gas station at 9:15 p.m. to buy some drinks. The surveillance cameras picked up the two of them pulling out of Sicko's parking lot, headed in the direction of Lester, and that's the last time Zeb was seen again. So no one else appeared to be with them, maybe in a third car, following or or anything in that video. Probably mm-hmm. hard to tell. Yeah. Mm. I have some thoughts about all this. We'll get to them later, I guess. More questions than answers at this point. Yeah, right. It's very unusual. In the, the drinks that they were buying, it wasn't any uh, like adult beverages or anything mm. like that. It was uh, pop. Okay. And now everything going forward is going to be from Jason because that's the last time Zeb is officially seen. According to Jason, after pulling out of the Sitco, they drove for a bit until Zeb started flashing his headlights, signaling for Jason to pull over. Zeb told Jason that his pager went off and he needed to make a call. It's not clear where they pulled over. All we know is that according to Jason, there was a payphone there. After Zeb made his call from the payphone, Jason described him as, quote, frantic, and Zeb told Jason that he needed to cancel their plans. Zeb pulled out so fast that he rear-ended Jason's car, and from the window, he apologized and told Jason he would cover the damages the next day. Then on the way back to his house, Jason got into a car wreck and checked himself into an urgent care where he was treated for broken ribs and a head injury. And again, all of that is just per Jason. Right. Into a car wreck by himself, like he hit a tree or a collision with another vehicle? Sounds like a collision with another another vehicle. Another vehicle hit him. So there should be accident reports. One might think. Hmm. Also, were pagers still a thing in 2000? I feel like I had a cell phone by then. 
I think everything I was like transitioning that, at that point. I didn't yeah. have, I mean, I think they still were. Yeah. I don't remember. Well, I, I was rewatching some of the, uh, the office, the West wing the other day. And that started in 99, the fall of 99. And they all had pagers like the first two seasons. Yeah. You're they right. didn't even start that's having cell point. phones till earlier. Cause I remember that was the only thing about that show that I was like, Oh, that's a little dated. They're all running around with just pagers going off. Hmm. Like Sopranos came out that year too. I'm trying to think of, remember Tony, like going to pay phones in those first couple seasons. That's, that's how I like to think the mob still does it. Yeah. Think of that scene in, uh, Goodfellas when Tootie has to run out of his house and <laughs> Hank's holding the, the umbrella, umbrella for him to go make the call. <laughs> I like to think they still do it that way. If you ever see a working payphone, it's probably only because of the mob. That's right. <laughs> okay, so maybe pagers are still in play. All right. So if it's a frantic page, you would would it lead you to believe it's from either mom or Misty, right? I mean, those are the only people in his life. Right. Or his sister. Okay. Everyone that's in his a part of his life, it would be his mother, Misty, his sister, and then Jason Owens. I agree. When Zeb didn't return home by 1030, which sounded like that's when Denise was expecting him to be home, she started calling around. She called Walmart, to which they told her that Zeb clocked out at 9 p.m. After paging him multiple times throughout the night with no luck, Denise filed a missing persons report on January 3rd, 2000. On Tuesday, January 4th, Zeb was scheduled to work a shift at Walmart, but he didn't show up. His manager, Patty King, received a phone call from someone claiming to be Zeb, and this person said that they weren't coming to work that day because they were sick. Patty knew immediately that this wasn't Zeb, and she was aware that Zeb had been reported as missing. So she kept the person on the phone as long as possible and was trying to get more information out of them like oh what shift were you supposed to work again and this person knew nothing of what patty was asking the caller eventually just hung up but patty thinking quick hit star 67 and it dialed back to a volvo plant that jason owens worked for mm. <laughs> interesting good job patty king mm. quick on her Quick on our feet there, thinking. I tried to call myself in sick to high school. I got caught one time like that. With what, Star uh, 67. Uh, Dave's, Dave, well, no, it was earlier than Star 67. Oh. Oh, Dave's not going to be in school today. He's sick. <laughs> like, hey, asshole, get in here. First period starting in 10 minutes. <laughs> I think they immediately called my dad. He's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I wasn't very good at that, apparently. So it's fishy. Jason's fishy. Yeah. Very fishy. Yeah, we'll put him on the fishy column. <laughs> <laughs> Police questioned Jason and he told them the exact story that we just went through. That they drove out to look at an eclipse. Zeb got a page and then took off. Police questioned Jason about the call he made to Walmart, but he said that Zeb asked him to do that as a favor. Jason never really went into detail on how Zeb communicated this uh this request him but that was his story police were also very suspicious of the car wreck that he was in after zeb left his car didn't show any damage aside from some light damage to the rear which would line up with his story about zeb rear-ending him in a hurry to leave 
the police weren't buying the story of a second car accident happening. Jason having broken ribs and a head injury didn't line up with the way he told police his car wrecked. Like he wouldn't have gotten those injuries in a wreck that went down the way he said it. So he did actually sustain those injuries. They confirm that he did have those injuries. Hmm. Perhaps a scuffle. Perhaps this case is very strange. And I know we'll talk about this later, but the Popos did confirm that that pager call took place. Correct. Right. Okay. Jason was definitely a person of interest, um, but police wanted to talk to Misty Taylor as well, because that's motive enough for something to happen. Misty admitted to police that she was cheating on her boyfriend with Seb and that on December 31st, 1999, her boyfriend Wesley found out about the relationship. Police wanted to know where Misty and Wesley were on January 2nd, and Misty said she was at home with Wesley, her daughter, her mother, her father, and Zeb's aunt Ina Ustich. Zeb's aunt Ina was from his father's side of the family, and Zeb had no contact with her and hadn't had contact with her for years. The relationship of Zeb's aunt to Misty isn't exactly clear either. Some reports have it that she was friends with Misty Taylor's mother, Tamara Taylor, and she was just over for dinner. Other reports have it that Ina was going to uh, start a business with Tamara, and that's why she was there. Then to make this even weirder, police took a look at phone records and found that the call to Zeb's pager that night that he disappeared came from his aunt Ina's house. Ina said she didn't make the call, and come to think of it now, that her house was broken into that night and stuff looked like it was moved around. And now she wanted to file a police report <laughs> that her house was broken into. Oh, how convenient. What the fuck is going on here? So that kind of does back up Jason's story that he got a page that night, at least. Yeah. Zeb. So he might have actually pulled over, flashed Jason over and got some kind of call. And she swears like this. This woman swears up and down. I did not page him that night. But a page did come from her phone. Like Meanwhile, police have confirmed that. forever. Yeah. Like there's no reason she should be calling him. This just reeks of conspiracy from the start. Do we know of any animosity between Zeb's family and like his mom's side and his dad's side? Or is there just straight up no contact? It doesn't sound like it was like a healthy uh, departure, you know. Okay. Like a divorce so or whatever happened. Yeah. Underlying animosity there. Maybe not involving Zeb, but just something. Right. Do we know how far away Ina's house was from Misty and Wesley's house? I don't. Like, I wonder, is it possible like they were doing whatever there that night? Could someone have slipped out the back door, ran over to Ina's, made that pager call and came back, but still keeping the alibi intact? But you meaning them all in cahoots? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe they did it when Ina was challenging Misty for the apartment championship title. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> In this corner. <laughs> See, you'd have been too busy eating sushi. You wouldn't have noticed someone sneaking out. That's exactly right. <laughs> but yeah, maybe you could have slipped out the back door with or without everyone's knowledge. I don't and, know. And went to her strange. house just to throw things off. Yeah, maybe. Hey, hey I, I think anything's possible right now. Like, I kind of lean towards... Jason and Wesley being in some sort of cahoots here, maybe even involving Misty. It's kind of my initial thought on this. The ant thing just really throws a wrench into yeah, it. I, I don't the know. Thing, the, my fits. initial thought, too, was 
Wesley. It's got to be right. Like, you know, they had that altercation on New Year's Eve and, you know, especially if he's the father of of the the little girl that was Mm -hmm. in the house like that. There's a whole new added motive on top of him to do something. Yep. Yeah. But then you, you so you think that. But then you have like that that sketchiness with Jason and you're like, OK, well, that's odd. And then all of a sudden fucking Aunt Ina shows up and you're like, wait, well, hold up. Yeah. I'm yeah. the fuck out here. And she's just like, basically, <laughs> that just flat out didn't happen. And now we're in police are holding the paperwork in front of her face like it did. And she's like, no, nah, it didn't. So no, nah, no, nah, dog. That ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're fucking Charlie Day on the wall trying to make sense of all of this. <laughs> And and is it maybe one of these small town kind of everyone knows everyone scenarios? That's what that's the kind of the feeling I get there. Not that Asheville's a real. Is, I was gonna say, is Asheville town. like that? Though? No, but I I don't know. I just get that feeling. But how would Misty know Aunt Ina and not like know Zeb or not know that Zeb is her nephew? Or how would Zeb not know that like she's fr- friends with her aunt? Maybe he did. That just seems very random. So you think maybe he did know, but they just didn't have contact? Yeah, maybe. I mean, just because your girlfriend's mom is friends with your uh, aunt that you don't talk to. I mean, I don't know. Doesn't that preclude you from dating Misty? They might not even. It doesn't. But it gotten that far, though. Like, let's say that he hasn't talked to his aunt Ina in years. That's the way it sounded to me. It might not even be something that gets brought up. Sure. That just Between seems to me two. like a, and I know you don't believe in coincidences. This is a coincidence. I don't think I would buy. That just seems too odd. Yeah. The and only reason I would, especially because that call came from our house and all that. Well, yeah, I can't. Explain so I don't know. That. We're, we're halfway through the story and I'm trying to figure it out. So I'm perplexed. <laughs> <laughs> Police hit this case hard from the beginning, but after finding out that the call to Zeb's pager was from his aunt, Ina's phone, the case went cold. Then on January 16th, 2000, Zeb's Mazda protege was found abandoned in the parking lot of Little Pig's Barbecue across the street from the hospital that Zeb's mom worked at. A young woman that went to high school with Zeb uh, came into the hospital for work and told Zeb's mom, like, hey, I'm pretty sure that Zeb's car crossed the street. Your mental health should be taken seriously. Nothing can cripple your day or stunt your motivation more than feeling depressed, anxious, or sad. We all have a lot to deal with in our daily lives, be it the struggles of work, keeping food on your table, or even paying the bills. Your mental health is one area that you shouldn't have to worry about. Whether life currently has you down or things are going well, but you're still feeling unfulfilled, we're all experiencing our own form of strain on our mental health. And for that, BetterHelp is here for us. BetterHelp is an online mental health provider that will assess your needs and match you up with your own licensed professional therapist. And the best part, there's no waiting rooms. That's pretty huge, especially if you're as impatient as I am. BetterHelp is a safe and private online environment that will have you communicating with a counselor within the first 24 hours. And once you've begun, you can send your counselor a message at any time, always getting a helpful response in a timely manner. You even have the ability to schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all from the comfort of your very own home. So, whether you struggle with trauma, depression, LGBT matters, grief, anxiety, or even self-esteem, BetterHelp counselors have a broad range of expertise and their licensed professional counselors are waiting to assist you. BetterHelp is available worldwide. 
In fact, so many people have recently been signing up for BetterHelp that they're currently recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Once you get started, if at any time you're unhappy with your counselor, there's no need to worry. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches and makes it easy and free to change counselors. BetterHelp respects you and your privacy, so everything you share with your counselor is completely confidential. And while it's not a crisis line, it is a convenient, professional, and affordable way to seek the help that you deserve. They even offer financial aid for those who qualify. If you'd like to hear how BetterHelp has assisted people just like you, check out the testimonials posted on their website every day. We here at Necronomapod want you to be living happy and healthy. So, as a listener, you get 10% off your first month by visiting BetterHelp.com Necro. Join over 1 million people already taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Necro. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So Zeb's mom confirmed that it was his car. She called police. And when police came, they found that the headlights were on, the windows were cracked, and on the back window was drawn a big pair of lips and an exclamation point in orangish pink lipstick. Inside, the police found a hotel key card, a jacket, a bunch of empty drink bottles, and a three-month-old black lab puppy. Police also noticed that the driver's seat was pulled up super close to the steering wheel, like no way Zeb was driving this vehicle. The the puppy was alive, by the way. Yeah, and the police officer that uh, checked on the car adopted the dog. So I didn't want people to get concerned when they heard that. I think his name was Katie, too. I think that's what he named it. Mm-hmm. All right. That's good. Kind of mid-story uh, happy ending. Yeah. Thanks, Ian. For the puppy, at least. Yeah, it's nice. So my question, did the car show that he had rear-ended another car? Like, did the damages reflect Jason's story? I don't. I didn't see any reporting of that. Mm, curious. I didn't either, because I tried to look that up myself. And, they, and the reporting doesn't say whether the jacket was a a male or female jacket like men's or woman women's. Mm. it just said it was not his jacket it's probably a members only jacket <laughs> something you'd wear to a apartment self cock sucking <laughs> I, I don't know i wouldn't know i wouldn't go even for the sushi <laughs> eh. they teach their own i'm not i'm not you know i'm not sushi shaming over here that's hard to say Sushi, sushi shaming. <laughs> the, the, bo- the bonus is you got to eat the fancy sushi off of Ron Jeremy's hairy back. <laughs> I would just stay home all together. Yeah. You just don't want to pass, pal. <laughs> so it's sashimi, <laughs> sashimi just straight off his back. <laughs> like the hairs come on, they're stuck all over the tuna. Now it's like mid Zamar like all over again. <laughs> The thing about this car, too, is um, Zeb's mom was did an interview talking about this, but this car was definitely meant to be found. Like, whoever put the car there, 100% wanted this yeah, car to be found immediately. Definitely. 
Which is just also very weird. Yeah. Why? Mm. Triangle it's across here. the street from his mom. So if she sees it, she's going to call the police. But then if someone in the restaurant, it's got its headlights on a dog in it. To, everything's drawing attention to somebody right. reporting that car one way or another. Wait, so no security cameras at the, the pig place, huh? Mm-mm. But, you know, you made the comment before, Dave, about like the small town feel. And we, we kind of disregarded it. But now, again, it's parked in a lot and a high school friend recognizes the car. Mm -hmm. So it does really have that small town feel to it. Right. That's what I was getting. How many people live in Asheville? It's not really a small town per se. Not to be confused with Nashville, which is a big town. (laughs) Right. For the people out there listening that were confused. It's like 355,000 people. Like it's a big city, but I'm just not getting that feeling from... But I don't know. I'm sitting here in Cleveland talking about it. So what do I know? We said that the jacket was not Zeb's. Um, none of these items, the the drink bottles um, weren't things that he would drink. The hotel key card, none of it was his. The hotel key card was just a standard plastic one, had no logo on it or anything. Police took it to all of the hotels in the area, but they couldn't figure out which hotel it belonged to. Like we said, the jacket wasn't Zeb's and it wasn't reported if it was a men's or women's, just that it wasn't his. Is this just like the police just didn't give out any of this information like about the jacket or um, I think so, you know, like not knowing about the damage on the car? Like, is that why it's not out there is because they just kept this all like, you know, they played it close to the vest and it seems possible. Yeah. And it's been a long time, though. Well, and I guess we'll get to some of this at the end. Yeah. But, so, you know, at this point, I think that's probably that's a pretty good explanation for this. Right. Yeah. We already talked about the fact that somebody 100% wanted this car to be found. The second thing that was reported was a husband and wife saw Zeb's car being driven by a woman, and they were able to give police enough to generate a composite. The police used an AI system to generate a composite, which produced a really fucking creepy sketch, but it resembles Misty Taylor. I was going to get you this framed for your birthday. <laughs> you put it up on your wall. You fucking right, burn it. Right next to your bed. <laughs> like when you read news articles, they all say it resembles Misty Taylor. There is a picture of her out there. I'm sure we'll post it on social media. Well, and the 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 um the composite photo was the one that we posted uh just a few days ago as like the teaser for this episode. So go back to our social medias and check that out. That's the composite photo. The one real photo they have of her, you really can't. Yeah, it, it's not. I wouldn't pull her out and be like, oh, yeah, that's her. Yeah, right. But I'm sure the news, you know, news reporting had access to another picture of her or something. I don't know. If there was a person that looked like that composite, I'd stay the <laughs> fuck away from that person. <laughs> I want to take that composite and put it like on a stick and put it up under Mike's blinds in his backyard one day and just raise it up and down. You won't like be our, able to. Curtains closed, bro. <laughs> Curtains closed. Like our pal, uh, what was that guy's name? Oh, uh, Stan Roman. Stan Roman. Also, Misty Taylor is 5'3", so that provides a possible explanation for why the driver's seat was was pulled so close to the steering wheel. Police were never able to find any evidence that would link Misty or her boyfriend, Wesley, to knowing Jason Owens, and no physical evidence that would suggest any foul play. Zeb just vanished, and even though there were a ton of suspicious people all around his disappearance, police had nothing to act on. This is wild. I don't know. 
Something so strange going on here. None of it makes sense. Mm-mm. Not at all. What do the lips mean on the window? Like, what did the lips look like? Like Rolling like, Stones lips? Like that kind of shit? It just looked like lips, like a generic set. Just a generic lips, huh? Yeah. And the fucking puppy, the hotel key, which I think maybe just fell out of the jacket pocket. It could be. I think the puppy, yeah, ensures that if no one else recognizes it, someone will call the police on the puppy. Right. That makes sense, yeah. Like, either somebody's going to walk into the restaurant and yeah. say, hey, this car's got its headlights on, or... But again, that goes back to the question of why do you want them to find it? Yeah. What was right. the point of that? What is the point of Aunt Ina being in all of this? Nothing adds Why up is here. Jason so sketchy? So the case is cold. And then we fast forward to March 15th, 2015, when police did a welfare check on Food Network TV contestant Christy Schoen and her husband, TJ Codd. Christy had been on the eighth season of the Food Network series, Food Network Star, and TJ was a camera crew guy for multiple movies. After the show, the couple decided that they wanted a quieter life, so they moved from L.A. to North Carolina to start a family. On March 15th, 2015, Christie's parents filed a missing persons report for their daughter and their son-in-law, TJ. No one had heard directly from them, and the only thing anyone heard was a text message sent on March 12th from Christie's phone saying that they were all right. But the way that it was worded, Christy's mother knew immediately that it wasn't her daughter. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah, 100%. It's almost the same thing as a handwriting expert. Yeah, yeah. There's certain ways people punctuate things through text messages and people get in their own habits of of things. Was that you I was just talking about with uh, Ric Flair's texts? (laughs) They're absurd. Rick Flair is known and Conrad has talked about this on that something to wrestle podcast. Ian and I are obsessed with, but he capitalizes the first letter of every word in his text. <laughs> like that's that seems so hard. That's, to yeah, type. that's exhausting. <laughs> that's awful. Cause I remember Conrad saying like, if anyone ever message contacts you and says it's Rick Flair and it's not all capitalized, like every word, it's not actually Rick Flair. So it's a fake. <laughs> don't, don't buy that 16 time world champion. Text for shit, though. <laughs> Earlier in the day, Cecilia Owens was called by Christie's father to see if she could go to the house before they filed the missing persons report to see if anyone was there. Cecilia was a friend of the family and was an aunt to Jason Owens by marriage. Cecilia saw that their cars were in the driveway. The dogs were inside, but no one was answering. At that point, the police were called and the report was filed. Jason Owens became a suspect after a resident said that he was acting suspicious and putting large bags into a nearby dumpster on the evening of March 15th. Jason Owens knew Christy and TJ through his aunt and had done construction work for them around their house. Then the following day on March 16th, police brought Jason in and he waived his right to a lawyer and started confessing. Oh, that's not smart. On March 12, 2015, Jason said he was helping TJ and Christy get their truck unstuck from a ditch that they were stuck in. According to Jason, he had some chains connected to their trunk to pull it out, but instead of having it in reverse, he had it in drive, and when he floored it, he ran over both TJ and Christy. Instead of helping them or anything of the sort, Jason put it in reverse and ran them both over again to make sure that they were dead. He's like, well... 
I made a bad accident, I'm going to make sure they're not going to speak about it. Oh, man. He says that through 2002 to 2009, I think it was, that he had been arrested multiple times for DUIs and all this other stuff, (coughs) all vehicle related, Mm -hmm. that um, because he had run them over, he was going to get like a major jail sentence Mm -hmm. for it. So he just wanted to cover this up. I, I did read that in 2001, the cops tried to pull him over and he was drunk and he took off and did a high speed chase and started shooting at the police yeah, as he, a maniac. <laughs> he did four years for that. Hmm. Not sure I buy this story, though, of running them over. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I twice. Think there's some twice. twice. <laughs> Ran him over twice. <laughs> I think there's some more to this than, yeah. uh, than he's leading on. Jason then took Christie's body to her house and put her in her bed. Then Jason went back to his house with TJ's body where he dismembered him with a power saw and put the remains in a large plastic bag. He went back to the Cod's home where he dismembered Christy in the shower and placed her body parts in a bag. Jason burned both of their bodies in a wood stove at a mobile home on his property. Afterwards, Jason sold several items, including a grill, bullets, um, all the stuff belonging to the CODs at two different pawn shops and a flea market. With some of that money, he filled up his truck with gas and took his wife out to dinner. I'll be honest. This is not where I thought the story was going to go when uh, I started reading this. It's it's a crazy it's a wild twist. turn. Yeah. It's 2015. You think he took her to Ponderosa? Ooh, I love Ponderosa. <laughs> <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I ain't talking. You cannot shit on me for the gas station food and then say you love Ponderosa. I used to go there all the time. <laughs> I took my wife on our first date to Ponderosa. Look at that. She reminds me of it all the time. <laughs> Fucking delicious. The soft serve ice cream thing at the end was pretty good, though. Oh, yeah. That's about it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's buffet food. All buffets are just not great. And a $6 fucking steak. <laughs> it tasted like it <laughs> It's the same steak Subway uses for their sub sandwiches, I think. <laughs> Those are good, too. You've told me that recently. They are. They're and really I've good. always been afraid of it. Get because it. Melted pepper jack with the uh, chipotle hot sauce. What uh, What else you put on it? Put some, like, uh, jalapenos. Lettuce, lettuce tomato, onions, um, olives, and banana peppers. I'm going to try this before next week's episode. Okay. And I will give a review. All right. I read she was pregnant too. This girl, yeah. So if he if he claims this is how he disposed of the bodies, what was in the garbage bags he was seen putting in the dumpster that precipitated his arrest in the first place? Who knows? Mm. Either it's not being publicly reported on, or yeah. the dumpsters were just taken away and he lucked out with whatever. I'm leaving him in the fishy column. Just FYI. I think I got every motherfucker in the story in the fishy <laughs> column right now. Nobody has proven their innocence mm. to me yet. Something's, something's, uh, something's not right here. Something's fishy. Something's fishy <laughs> indeed. Well, magically, four days after his confession on March 20th, uh, the mobile home on his property was burnt down. Come on. Yeah. There's more than one person involved in this story. Yeah, but that didn't stop the justice system from moving forward. And on April 27th, 2017, as part of a plea deal, his attorneys reached, um, Jason Owens was sentenced to spend between 60 and 75 years in prison without the possibility of parole. 
In June 2015, detectives investigating Zeb Quinn's disappearance announced they had found, quote, fabric, leather materials, and unknown hard fragments under a layer of concrete on Jason Owen's property. When everything went down with Jason being convicted of uh, the murders of the Cods, someone called in a tip and said that there was a pond that Jason all of a sudden stopped working on and filled in right around the time Zeb disappeared. Is he was he a lot older than Zeb Quinn? Like he had his own property back when I mean Zeb Quinn was only eighteen. He was palling around with this guy. I don't know if it's like a family property or something, right? That he took over, like that just went into his name eventually. Yeah, or that makes sense. But it was a neighbor that called in the tip about the the pond thing. Interesting. Maybe they should have called in that tip fifteen years earlier. Might have been helpful. Hmm. According to the warrant, police also found an unknown white powder substance as well as pieces of metal and concrete. On another part of the property, they found, quote, numerous plastic bags containing possibly pulverized lime or powdered mortar mix. Police didn't comment on whether the fragments that they found were bones or if they even believed that Zeb's remains had been found. They just said it's an ongoing investigation. On July 10th, 2017, a Buncombe County grand jury returned an indictment charging Jason Owens with first-degree murder for the death of Zeb Quinn. According to the Asheville Police Department, quote, this indictment is a result of years of investigative work and persistence by detectives of the Asheville Police Department, as well as ongoing partnerships with members of the Quinn family and the Buncombe County District Attorney's Office. Since 2020, Jason Owens has been awaiting trial for the alleged murder of Zeb Quinn. ABC 13 News in North Carolina spoke to Buncombe County District Attorney Todd Williams, who said the trial had been delayed several times because, quote, the case was first assigned to ADA Alex Bass, who left this office to join another DA's office to be closer to family. The case was then reassigned to former Chief ADA Rodney Hasty, who passed away suddenly last October 2019. Since March 2020, all jury trials have been suspended by order of Chief Justice Sherry Beasley. Based on the reporting, it sounds like to this day trials are still not happening in Buncombe County because of COVID. Wow. So I feel like there's a lot of evidence that just hasn't been displayed yet until they go to trial yeah and it's not because it's you know a grand jury so that, that that's all sealed yeah mm. how do you reconcile no trials with covid with defendants having a right to a speedy trial i think we've seen from um uh, what's that documentary that jay-z produced i don't know about the um the guy that was stuck in rikers oh just, yeah flowing through the system and not getting a court date forever COVID also kind of was like a blank check right to kind of push things as long as you want yeah also this guy's still sitting in prison for what 40 to 60 years it is yeah no hurry for him he's not going anywhere anyway but he's like i'm fucking sitting here what do you want to do it'll be interesting to see what comes out um doesn't seem so simple as it's just it's just jason no there's something else going on he's 100 percent guilty but yeah, I feel like there's, there's a conspiracy more conspiracy going on here with yeah. 
unknown additional parties. There wasn't a ton of talk about that Wesley guy. And maybe he didn't do anything, but there's motive at least. The call from Aunt Ina's home is very suspicious. The fact that she was there that night. Right. The night that he went missing. Right. She's with Misty right. and Wesley. Right. And that it, Misty was the one seen or described as seen driving his car. And she's 5'3", and the seat was pulled all the way up. So at least the two of them, there's evidence. There's nothing for Wesley. So to be fair to him, we don't necessarily have him tied into this. No, nothing but a motive. Right. But you don't have a motive for the other two. That's right. You have the motive for him, but no evidence and a little bit of evidence. Like is robbery the motive? Is it that simple? Like maybe he did have the money for the car and. Well, he worked at Walmart. His mom said a ton and he didn't have much of a social life. So, you know, he was probably saving up. Right. Worth worth, you know some money could it be as something is that he was gonna get robbed by jason owens no matter what got that um got the page and maybe it was something uh, just completely unrelated to jason owens maybe it was that some shit's going down here because of you cheating you know being a part of this relationship mm-hmm. you need to come over here so he was speeding over and then yeah. jason owens was like well, that's not part of my plan. And then ends up killing him and getting into this fight. And Who paged him though? And why was it from Ina's house? Like if it was really something about the relationship Maybe it was the- from Ina's house. I think she it became definitely was friends or, or from Ina. I mean, I'm sorry. Yeah. She became friends with Misty or whatever heard that, you know, Hey, Wesley wants to come kick your ass. I'm going to call him and let him know. Okay. So he gets frantic. Shit's blowing up. Jason goes, this fucked up my whole plan. Now I have to do something else. Kills him. But now I and I'm scared because mm-hmm. he's missing. And I called him that night. Maybe it was an innocent call, but now I'm scared. That would be the biggest of coincidences. But not yeah, out of, not out know. of the question, though. But that that is a story that ties it all together. But then Misty's driving his car. Right. Then, yeah, the whole car thing comes in. Damn it. What's it. the point of the car? Like Jason already obviously killed him. He called him in sick to work. Why wouldn't he go dump the car somewhere? What What's the point of taking it to his mom's right across the street from her hospital? Or and, Misty and, taking it there. Or Misty taking it because it, fi- it was set for five three. And supposedly Misty uh, Wesley Ina they don't have any connection to Jason Owens at all. They don't know him. Unless, he doesn't know them. Or is Jason setting up Misty? I, I, I was going to say putting it forward and May- writing lips and whatever else on there. Whoever made the, you know, the, the description of, of Misty, maybe Jason put them up to it. It's one of his buds. Hey, go, go tell them you saw this, this chick that looks like this. Cause we don't know. Maybe, maybe yeah, Zeb I, did tell Jason about Misty. Yeah. I mean, they played pool together and stuff. I can't explain it. I don't know. Any of those scenarios are plausible. And then Jason's like, Oh, she, he told me she's short. Here's what she looks like. Here's a picture he showed me. I took from his wallet or something. Go describe this girl. And I'm going to push the seat up. I mean, the things that we know for sure is that Jason was the last one to see be seen with him alive in that somebody for sure wanted his car to be found one way or another. That car right. was going to be reported but to it, somebody. It makes sense if Jason was trying to set up Misty to then want the car to be found in that area. That'd be your only way of throwing police off, especially since they're like, oh, shit, they caught me. They star 67 me. They know that I made this right. call. The Walmart. And I panic. I got to throw suspicion off of me. Here's what who's the do. other likely person that would do this. This misty girl and her boyfriend. They caught her cheating with this guy. Yeah, maybe. 
the the other oh. thing is like kind of a mo with him. He sent a text from Christy um, Christy Schoen's phone to her mother saying like, "Oh yeah, everything's fine." That, that if he was the one that murdered Zeb or whatever, mm-hmm. he did the same thing by calling in Zeb saying like, "Oh yeah, I can't come to work today." Yeah, same mo. It's just the page from Ina's house that throws me off on all this. Yeah. yeah. It'd just be weird. Yeah. It's unexplainable. Even if it was coincidental, like why would, why did it come from over there? Can you imagine that a random innocent phone call potentially, and you just threw off this entire investigation? Yeah. Right. That's why you should never call anyone. Always text. <laughs> Don't fucking bother me by wanting to speak to me. <laughs> text me. I will hit ignore and then just text you back and be like, sorry, busy. What's up? <laughs> Sorry, busy. <laughs> Don't fucking call me. I get involved in murder investigations. Well, I suspect when this finally does go to trial, we might hear some uh, additional evidence. If and when. And it must not implicate these other guys because they're, they're not under arrest. No, I couldn't. I really looked hard for some pictures of uh, Misty Taylor. I could not find anything other than the one of her, like in a graduation. Same. Cap. Yeah, that's the only one I Go saw. Go to apartmentwrestling.com. <laughs> Kind of world champ. <laughs> like, I wonder if they're still in play in the area, or I'm sure it'll all come out at trial. Yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll be called as witnesses. We've never really covered a story like this where it's like, eh, well, we don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, here the way that I found it, it sounded like there would be no type of trial or anything like that. That's and what then, I thought. Yeah, I thought then, this was going to be completely unanswered. And then researching it, you know, now you mm-hmm. know, I f- eventually figured out there's going to be a trial, but. Um, it's still so weird, you know, it's, it's worth yeah. discussing because yeah. there's a ton of questions. Hopefully that trial kicks off here at some point. Be curious to follow that. Yeah. It's, I, I wonder how long they can get away with just letting people sit there. Yeah, I know that's wild. Like if you can't bail yourself out, you're fucked. All right. Is Nancy Grace big on this? Is she going to be heading down to Asheville? I don't know. Maybe. Trial? All right. Well, any other thoughts on this one? No, it's perplexing. So I think we all agree, though, that Jason is involved and guilty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We just don't know if it's a simple him and that's it or if there's more to it, more of a conspiracy behind it. And if he would have never killed those other people, he probably would have got away with it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe that story either that he just threw it in reverse and ran (laughs) them over to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe that. But who burned down the mobile home? Yeah, well, he was married. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah he was it. married. He had a wife at the time. Yeah, because he took her out to dinner. That's yeah. right. With the Ponderosa, f- the pawn <laughs> shop money of Ponderosa. Yeah, are eating like kings and queens that night at Ponderosa? <laughs> Me and the lady will both have the sirloin tips. Well done, please. <laughs> so we never we never finished that conversation because he got him the subway steak sandwich, and then I made my notes to right. try it. I'm actually pretty excited now. I hope it doesn't suck. I'm going to be so mad. It's it good. It's really good. Anytime I swerve off the, the typical path at Subway, I am always disappointed. Always. There are only a few things at Subway that are really good. Look, it's not a fucking gourmet sandwich or anything. <laughs> it's not the Bellas, but yeah, it's good. They're also talking to me. Like I can, If they're closed, I'll just go to the building connected. That's a gas station that has cheeseburgers in their little oven, and I'll eat that, and I'll be right. fucking happy. Yeah, I know if I'm will. disappointed, that means it is shit. Because I eat shit. I find it to be quite delightful. All right, I'll try it. I'll try it. 
I feel like you put too many veggies on it, though. You had a lot of veggies you listed off. Yeah. You had your lettuce, your tomato, your olives, your peppers, your jalapenos. I didn't say jalapenos. Lettuce, well, tomato, onions, olives, banana peppers. Well, that's a good lettuce. fucking sandwich, pal. Uh, I can't do the onions. And I can't do raw onions. I like cooked onions. That's all right, though. The meatball. Hey, it's subs. your sandwich. It's not mine. The meatball subs is Subway. I get the onions and olives, too. It's do fantastic. You? The meatball sub is the best sandwich at Subway. My opinion. Yeah. Uh, the Italian is good. If you get it toasted and cooked up like that, that's really good. I used to get the seafood and crab a lot. That was my See, favorite. everyone tells me the seafood and the tuna is good, and I've never had them. It's not good anymore. I just feel Back like. Back in the old days, it was good. I can make a bomb-ass tuna fish sandwich at home. Like, I'm not going to go to yeah, Subway for I'm that. i fucking tuna at Subway. That's not even real. Somebody tuna. has told me it's good. <laughs> it's not Someone even tuna. Someone recently told me it's good. Mm. But I. I no. I'll, eat, I'll make tuna at home on toast and it'll be delicious of course it will a little mustard uh no you don't put mustard on your tuna i do not oh i like mustard on tuna i don't think i've ever had that before that sounds good. disgusting it is not is mustard ever made anything disgusting mustard's delicious yeah tuna nope <laughs> you've never had it <laughs> pretty sure mustard on tuna is a very common thing really yeah i've never had that i never will put you know, put some mayonnaise in the tuna Lots of mayo, buddy. I don't horseradish, do, though. I put horseradish. I don't put a lot in. I put. I mean, I put enough, but and then just mustard. That's it. Hmm. Took a real I've turn never, here on the uh, sandwich discussion. I like it. <laughs> I mean, we can go sandwiches all day long. <laughs> I don't. How how the fuck do we get here? What what were we talking know. about? Ponderosa. Oh, he, uh, yeah. Jason had a uh, wife. <laughs> <laughs> she probably burned that shit down, right? Yeah, for sure. What's what's come of her? I don't know. Mm. I bet we're gonna find out at trial. She's about to throw him under the bus real hard. Maybe she's the accomplice here. That'd be interesting, kind of. But she wasn't around back with with Zeb, was she? I don't think so. Mm. The fifteen years, or well, now twenty some years. But anyways, this was a good one. I like these discussion ones. The ones that. That leave you with more questions and answers. Because as soon as you think, feel like you have a, a good theory, it's, you know, another little detail just pops in your head. And you're like, oh, yeah, that How part. The fu- what do you fucking make of that? Yeah. yeah. And it's unfortunate. Hopefully they get some justice for him. Figure out what exactly took place. Couldn't imagine being a parent just like wondering all these you know, wondering for 20 years what exactly happened or forever. It's yeah. just yeah, it's awful. It's got to be the absolute worst. All right. We got some uh, new patron shout outs. And by some, I mean, we got a lot. But uh, happy new year to us. We appreciate everyone signing up for Patreon. What do you think your correct pronunciation uh, ratio is going to be tonight? 50%. Okay. It's a here modest uh, you know, appraisal of what you're about to do here. Yeah, we'll see. And again, I have not <laughs> proofread these. These were sent to me literally 30 seconds ago. Got it, what, 100 names, Dave? Uh, a little more than that. What if I was just like, <laughs> see you guys next week? <laughs> I wish I was able to uh, speak like uh, like one of the auctioneers. Is right, that what they're right. called? Yeah, the, yeah. I don't know, but, you know, just real fast. Or the bottom of a car commercial ad. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Thank you very much, uh, Kevin Lease, Lindsay R., Karamrod, Danielle Hayes, David Knights, Megan McCaster, McMaster, Nicholas Kozlowski, Duncan Wyrus, 
Casey Simmons, Mike Oxlong, Lizette, Yoshi Vang, Dan Ewing, Brittany Southard, Ginger Beck, Isaac, Uncle Longballs, Terry <laughs> Lee, Timbo Slice, Morbid Violet, T. Fiant, Hannah Thompson, Craig Strowing, Craig Bridge Jr., Chrissy Markland, Allison Forsyth, Forsyth, Jimmy Goody, McCaz, Jericho 84, Dan, Easton Elbeck, Abid Iqbal, Bianca, Alexandra Newman, L. Harlow, Pussy Mower, Katie <laughs> Falker, Justin Seacrest, GVO 412, Stephanie Isaacs, Elise Mooney, Susie Q, Misty Day, Mitchell Rasmussen, Miriam, Michael Brown, Necro Nikki, Danielle Nagel, Tracy, Ty Nungeister, Nungester, FMR Crozier, Big Tuna, Kimmy Marvel, Mads, Mellow, Shay, Madison McDonald, Chris Knoll, Courtney, Nicole Barron, Rocka Byensler, Jackie Crozier, Squiggy the Mutant Wondersloth. Hold on, beer break. I'm parched. Hey, you guys! <laughs> Every time I hear sloth. <laughs> Jacknard, Terry Dowdy, Night Woman Cometh, Katie Jackson, Watergates, Bumblebee Tuna, Nicole Gavitt, Eddie, TJ, Mandy Andrick, Mary Ian, Fuck Dave, Cuck Mike. Boom. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Stephanie McElhenney, Holly Stevenson, Savannah Holmes, Rachel Wozniak, Ashley Swanson, Jessica Picard, Laura Lewis, Ariel, Kimberly Benzer, Cherry Hill, Noah Geis, Jack Hanna, Aaron Dooley, Space Witch Reason, Hot Carl and the Ray Rays, The Nine Zombie, Dylan Perino, Mandy Wrights, Stephanie Fujihashi, Sierra Nick, Megan Dunbar, Christine, Adam Cords, Doug Baltazar, Melissa Keys, Alexander Escobar, Ben Miles, Ben B, and Justin Gaither. We are at patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Thank you all very much. I think you exceeded your 50%. Uh, Were you following along? Good. Yeah. Oh. You did pretty well there. Well, I tried. 58%. <laughs> I think it was space. What was that last one? I don't know. I already deleted the email. Space which resin, I think resin. What did I say? Maybe Ryzen? maybe a weed reference. You're not familiar with resin, so yeah, that well. might have been what they were going for. <laughs> I've never done a drug. <laughs> what did I say? Ryzen? Raisin. Reason. Reason. Oh. I think it's resin. Well, I wanted her to come to reason and not do drugs. <laughs> um, but I think it's funny that you follow along just to see what I get right. I wrong. usually don't. I don't know why I was. I just, you know why? Because well, someone it took an hour and a half tonight. Well, someone asked somewhere, I don't know where they commented, but they asked if I gave, if I supplied fake names for you to oh, read. Oh, that was on our Zoom happy hour. Yeah, that's where it was. $10 tier patrons get that quarterly. You get to hang out with us for a couple hours. That was fun. But they asked if I supplied you fake names to read. I'm like, no, that's just clever listeners. One time you did. 
I did one time. You slipped one. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> it was something real ridiculous. He started laughing before I even read the name. So we're like, motherfucker, this was you. <laughs> he couldn't contain him. You got to bring that back, maybe. <laughs> um, Ian. For iTunes, I've won for Lenaf, Farm Mom, Plentia92, and Julie Wanzu. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Dave, what do you got? I don't have anything. I'm very intrigued by this story we did today, though. So, very interesting. Keep an eye on this one. Yeah, definitely. Do some sort of follow-up on this. I'm going to keep a close eye on this trial if it ever takes place. Do we think it'll ever take place? I mean, unless someone kills this guy in prison. I assume it will. How old is he now? I don't know. I don't know. There's time. We'll get it done. He looks like a bad dude, though. <laughs> he doesn't look great. Mm-mm. He looks like uh, a skinnier. Uh, What's that big fat guy that made the sausage? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Joseph okay. somebody. Um, Joe Metheny. Yeah, he looks like that guy. Yeah. We covered him on bonus show, right? Yeah. Available on Patreon.com. He just doesn't look like a nice man. I'm going to leave it there. All right. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod. Check us out at Necronomapod.com, Amazon.com. Search Necronomapod for all of our merch and Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Uh, appreciate you guys listening. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. <laughs>